You know, many times, you know, when the enemy is just coming in like a flood, thank God God raises up a standard. But he always raises up the word. And, you know, there's a fight. And then when you understand that there's a fight, which simply means there's the fight of faith. And I always just, you know, always turn around and begin to remind myself. When the enemy always tries to come and do, I just say, okay, if it's a fight you want, then it's a fight you're going to get. Let's do this. You know, I've always been one. I've never been one to flight. That's not ever been my thought process. I guess that's because I had an older brother who beat me up a lot. So it's like, you either got to just get one good lick in and keep going. You know you're going to get demolished. But the key is, it's going to get, I'm going to at least get one. And so the enemy comes, it's like, okay, here we go. Let's just do this. And, uh, you know, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to First Timothy chapter 6. And we're just going to share, and I'm just going to share about fighting the good fight of faith and, uh, and making sure that you know that, that it is a fight. There is a, there's a battle that's arrayed against us, but it's a faith fight. It's a good fight, and it's a fight that we win. And sometimes it's really hard not to get into the flesh. Sometimes it's really hard not to try to think that I have to make something happen or that it, it's based on me. But no, it's all based on that Jesus has already defeated him, he, and, and Satan is a defeated foe. You have to understand that we are the victors, we're not the victims, we are the champions, and the enemy's trying to come and take things. We are the healed, and the enemy's trying to steal our healing, he's trying to steal our health, and so we have to continue to say, no, you can't stay, you have to go. And uh, whatever, how longer that fight is, we just have to continue to remind ourselves that we keep fighting till we win, we keep playing till we win. You know, it's not over. There's always another round. There's always another quarter. Uh, there's, there's always more minutes in the game because if, if, if you haven't won yet, it's, you're not done yet. If you don't have the victory yet, then you're not done. Amen? Means you're just going to keep going. Amen? We don't ever let the devil say, you know, we don't ever let the devil have the last word and he can't win. He, he may look like he's doing it. He may say he's going to do it. But praise God, we know, hallelujah, that Jesus defeated him and we know he cannot stay. He has to leave. So in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, and uh, I'm going to actually start there. He said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and have confessed a good confession before many witnesses. He says, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep his commandment without spot, without blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ appearing. Amen. He said this, he said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Then he says, whereunto thou art also called and have confessed a good confession before many witnesses. First John chapter five, verses four and five says this, for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. Hallelujah. I like the message translation for part of this when it talks about the very first part of verse 4 or the second part when it says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. The message translation says this, the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. And when you understand faith and when you understand what it means to believe God, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith it is impossible to please God because you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if God demands faith from us, then he's got to give us the capacity to, to get faith, what faith is. We've got to know what it is. We've got to know how faith comes. We've got to know what faith is. And then we also got to know how to release our faith. If he's demanding that from us, then we, we should know all of those things. Well, Romans you know, ten seventeen says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know how faith comes. Amen. We know that. We know what faith is. Faith, Romans 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means faith is in the unseen realm. Amen? Faith is something that we believe we take hold of. We know that how we turn our faith loose, we turn our faith loose by speaking. That's our confession. That's our speaking part of it. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says that, you know, as according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. 
Amen? Speaking that. It's for, and then Romans 10, 8 says, well, you know, how, how is it nighty that our faith is in our mouth and in our heart? That is the word of faith which we speak. That if we, in the verse 9 says that if we would confess with our mouth or believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. Verse 10 says, for with the heart man believes in the righteousness. Amen? And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen? So we know what faith is, we know how, how it comes, and we know how to turn it loose. Amen? Hallelujah. I already preached me happy. We're good. You know, amen. But the key in understanding it is that we need to realize that the believing part takes care of the spiritual, but it's our confession that takes care of the natural. It's what we speak, what we say in our actions. Faith is an act. Faith is an action. And when we act in faith, believing, not doing something foolish, but believing what, what the word of God says, we're acting, we're confessing what God's word says, we're letting the devil know, you're done. You're done. You're done. You know, I, I came home just this past week and I told my wife, I said, all right, it's done. I said, the fight is on because here we go. And so I just began to grab things. I, I love and I you know, get all of my uh, things of, of faith and take the word of God and begin to listen and do. And I just dig in and I pray and I just, I say, all right, Satan, you, you want this? Let's, we're going to do this. We're going to tear your kingdom. We're going to stop you from you know, doing it. You picked the fight. I didn't call for the fight. You wanted the fight. Let's do this. Amen. Because many times what happens is, is that we try to believe silently. We try to suffer in silence. Because number one, we don't want anybody to know that we have any problems. <laughs> Amen. But yet, to fight the good fight of faith is you got to know what faith is. You got to know how faith comes, but you also got to know how do you turn your faith loose. You turn your faith loose by what you say and what you're declaring, what God says, and you're declaring his word. Because what, what it does is that your words will either imprison you or they'll set you free. You know, faith never denies the reality of things. It only changes them. And it denies the reality of things that aren't in line with the word of God to stay. Amen? It's kind of like what Romans 4 says. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. It doesn't call those things as, that are as though they are not. Do you understand that? Faith never denies it. Faith doesn't say, you know, if you got a big old, big old knot and your bone's sticking out, it doesn't say, you know, I don't, that bone's not sticking out. I have no knot there. I'm believing that's not there. That doesn't matter what you're believing. It's there. Now, you can call yourself, I believe God's going to heal that. I believe God's healing that. I believe it's going to be set right. I believe the word of God's going to come in. How do I, I believe in the healing power of God. It's going to work. Amen. So I'm going to call myself healed even when I don't feel healed or I don't see healed. But I'm going to call myself that. I'm going to say, because that's what the word of God says. I believe what, because of my Jesus Christ, I am healed. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm taking a hold of the word of God and I'm calling that of what the word of God says. And I'm speaking that because that's what I believe. See, faith calls and says the things, the hallelujah, that be not are. As though they are. It's, it, it has a confession of faith of believing what the word of God says. Because faith is always an act on the word of God. It's always an act and a belief that what God's word says is the final authority. And have you know your words are very powerful in your life. And you know what messes us all up is that we start saying things that we actually don't believe. You know you should never say anything that you don't believe. You should never allow your mouth to disagree with your heart. It messes things up. You know, we were sharing something one time and we asked, why did somebody have a, a complete nervous breakdown? Why did they snap? And, uh, and she made such a wonderful statement. We, we always discuss scriptures. We always discuss things. And she said, well, uh, she goes, what they did is they violated their conscience. Yes. She said, they violated, they actually said some things that they did not believe to the point of where it, it, it actually made them, caused them to, to, to just step over and to be, and be really messed up in that. And, I, and when she said that, man, it just resonated on the inside of me. And I said, you know, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right because that's what it is. When you, you were trying, they, they couldn't, they, you know, and doing things and saying, I know this isn't right, but I'm going to do it anyways. And it messes you all up. Or, and that, but it starts out by you saying things that you don't actually really believe. I mean, if you would ever have somebody just walk around, I want you to police my, my vocabulary today. I want you to listen to me and what I say today. And if what I say doesn't line up with the word of God, check me. 
Now, a lot of people don't, you know, you can't handle that, but we get really, especially husbands and wives. I did that one time with my former wife. That was not a good thing because she was 10,000 times better at keeping her words than I was with mine. It was not good. And I wouldn't want to do that with her either. Would not be a good thing. She'd say, uh, do you really believe that? I, is that really what you believe? Is that really, it's like, you know, and then when I think, okay, because most of the time I say, okay, what did I actually say? Because I don't even know what I'm saying. You know, and then she said, you said this. And it's like, oops, nope, I don't believe that. No, I take that back. I don't want that to come to pass. Amen? If we would actually listen to what, because many times we just rattle things off. Amen? And see, here's the thing about it. The fight of faith is being able to hold on to the word of God when it doesn't look like the word of God's working. The fight of faith is to hold on to the word of God and you've got to hold on to the word of God in your mouth. See, go with me over to Romans chapter 10. Just go to Romans chapter 10. This is how we get saved, okay? But, but this, the same thing, how you get saved is how you get healed, how you get filled, how you get prosperity, how you get everything. And I'm going to give you some hindrances. I'm going to give you some things. I really want to share about the hindrances of things, Amen. You know, that, that's my heart's desire and uh, uh, make sure that I uh, 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 get those to you because uh, I want you to understand some things. I want your faith to work. I mean, and I want you to be able to stand strong because it's a fight. It is in the midst of when the enemy's bombarding your body and you're aching and things and it seems like nothing's working. Man, you can get really frustrating. Every, you know, amen. In Romans chapter 10, hallelujah, look at verse eight, if you would with me. He says, but what saith it? I'm reading out of the King James. The word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. Everybody say mouth and heart. And and then it says, that is the word of faith which we preach. Okay. Then he goes on to say that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Amen. We see things here. But did you notice that the word is in your mouth and in your heart? And that is the word of faith because it's a word of faith believing. It's believing and trusting in the word of God. And uh, when you realize, hallelujah, that (coughs) the word of God has got to be the final authority in your life. Amen. It has to be. You know, we're talking about that. We're going that. We're taking our whole church on a journey of the word of God. We're going to go through the word of God and believe what the Bible says. Amen. And uh, so when you understand it, it, it just changes everything about it, you know, hallelujah. You know, and, and I want to read this to you. I want to read you some passages of scripture. I just want you to listen to this. And this is Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three out of the Message Bible. It's so cool because when the word of God is the final authority, there's some things. But I want to read this to you because it's so, it's so cool the way he says it. He said this, he said, do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blazed the way Uh, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Amen. That exhilarating finish in in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever came against him. Now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And when you find yourselves flaging or just all this in your faith, go over that story again and again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Amen. And what he says, listen, if Jesus endured all this stuff, if Jesus went through all these things, and when you're just floundering in your faith, when all this is going, he said, go back over what Jesus had to put up with. And the reason he put up with that, the Bible says, it was the joy that was set before him, which was you and I. Amen. That's why Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, don't let us get weary in well-doing. Amen. Don't get weary and well doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Amen? I mean, the greatest enemy of faith is doubt. It's doubt and unbelief. Doubt, you know, we all have to deal with. Unbelief, 
is unpersuadableness. Unbelief is really, really, I mean, you just really got to run from that. If you get to the point where you're just totally not believing something, that's, that's bad. You can doubt. You can have doubt in your mind and faith in your heart and you'll still receive. Messes everybody up. I've had a lot of people argue with me about that, try to fight with me. I'm a pastor, okay? I understand how to live with it. I know, you know, that everybody has this 100% thing. But if you understand, if you understand where your heart faith is, because faith, real faith is of the heart, of your spirit, and when you know that, you do believe, but hey, you can still receive. How do we know this? What did the guy say when Jesus, he, Jesus go and his lunatic son? And he says, you know, what again? And, and the guy said, you know, Jesus said, you know, he said, Jesus, the guy said, well, if you can do anything, do it. Jesus said, what do you mean? If you can believe anything, I can do it. The guy says, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I believe, I believe, but my head is giving me problems. All I've seen is this. And Jesus rebuked it and, and, and the, the son was healed. And, and what happens is, is that, but most people don't know the difference between their head and their heart. Amen. And the only thing that can, can be the difference between your head and your heart is the word of God because only the word of God can divide between your soul and your spirit. So when you get the word of God and you believe what the word of God says and the word of God makes life come and you get really excited because you got a scripture on it, even though your head says, you tried to use that scripture before and it didn't work. See, yeah, but it's bringing life. I believe what that's God said. That's the word. That's the word God gave me. That's the word I have. It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, the problem is, is that we allow the tests and trials to get on top of us. And God says we're supposed to walk on top of the tests and trials. And the only way to walk on top of those is to act on the word of God and to believe that what God said is greater than what the enemy is saying. You know, the hardest place in the world to have joy is when everything is crazy. And when you don't feel like it, that's why the Bible says we offer up the sacrifice of joy or the sacrifice of praise. And it's an act of worship. Amen. I'll never forget. I was going through some things. And when the Lord spoke to my heart, he said, listen, he said, never let what's wrong with you stop you from worshiping what's right with me. He said, the problem is you are praying and asking me to do something just for you in the sense of what you're desiring here and being selfish in some things. And I said, I am. I am because I'm the one that's hurting. (laughs) You guys are all, you know, very religious, very nice. You talk to God very nicely. Me and God, we have some real good knockdown drag outs. I mean, he just flat hits me with two by four because he knows I need that. I mean, he does. I, I, I mean, he needs to, do, and he does. And people say, oh, you shouldn't say. No, no, me and God have, you know, I don't even know that God knows how to speak to people. He knows how to just love you and be real sweet and nice. Because God is love. He's 100%. I mean, God, God knows how to do that. But with me, he has to be a little bit more, hey, stop it. It's kind of like the kindergarten cop. He has to pick me up and grab me. Stop it. And then show me back down. So now you got your attention? I say, yes, sir, you got my attention. It's good because he knows I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back talk and not be good. I'm going to talk and say, yeah, but what about this? And he's so sweet. He, he's awesome. He's always right. And I, you know, and I don't ever yell at God. I never get mad at God. I never have. I never have. But I have talked to him. I have talked to him. Just talked to him. Say, hey, here it is. What's going on? You know, what about all this? Because how many of you know that God's not withholding anything from us? God's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians 1, 3 says. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Everyone. God says that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. God says that we're the head, not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. God said that we're more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. God said he would never leave us nor forsake us so that we can boldly say the Lord is our helper. We will not fear what man can do unto us. God's with us all that God's ordered our steps. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God said, hey, he's with us. He's not, a, he's not against us. So God's not withholding anything from us. Hallelujah. We just got to get our faith to the point to where we receive all that he has for us. Amen? And I don't know about you. I hate to be robbed. I hate to be robbed naturally, and I hate to be robbed spiritually. I, I, I hate not having the, 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 especially, believe it or not, I hate to be robbed more spiritually than I do naturally. 
I, I, I hate it when the enemy tries to rob and stop the things of God from being flowing forth. I just, it just really frustrates me so much, you know, in some things, you know, just like this. You know why I, I really hate this? Because if you ever read First Corinthians chapter 2, man, so awesome. Paul's getting ready to tell us some deep spiritual truth. He's getting ready to do some fantastic. He's flowing. He's going. I mean, that whole chapter has got, he's getting into the mind of Christ. He's talking about his, his speech and his preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstrating the spirit. He's talking about that if the princes of this world knew they would have never crucified the Lord of glory, they've been brought to nothing. And he's talking about it and he ends it on, man, we got the mind of Christ. And then chapter three comes. You bunch of meat-headed, thick-headed. I wish I could talk spiritually to you, but I can't because all of you just comparing yourself. You say, I'm of Paul. I'm of Cephas. I'm of this. I'm of Apollos. Some say I'm of, you got a bunch of, just a bunch of carnal people. Stupid. Can't talk. You got to talk to you like babies. And he stops. He's going on this spiritual thing going, man, we're going to get revelation. And he's like, eh. I'm like, oh, Paul. He never comes back to it. It's like, ah, ah, ah. Why not? I said, Lord, this is just not fair. He said, but it was who he was writing to, what he had to do. Now he comes and he does a lot of things in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 4, 13, 14. He does good things in 15, kind of lets us know a few things. But really, he was going, it was such a, a, a revelation, such a richness. But then he realizes, oh, who am I writing to? I'm writing to a bunch of carnal folks. I, got, I can't give them this. And I've seen that happen in so many different times where God wanted to do some things, but the people wouldn't let him. Amen. And so same thing with faith. God wants to bring you to a place. He wants to show you these things here. He wants to, to, to get you to this place that it'll just, it, it causes you to receive. And it's so difficult for people to just believe and have faith. See, that's what messes the whole world up. When you have faith, it just wipes them all out. Because the world can't figure that out. Wait a minute, we got to figure that out. It's like, no, I just believe. What do you mean you just believe? I just believe what God said is true. I believe what the word of God says. And, 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 and you can see it. You can see what God does. Like I said, doubt and unbelief robs us so bad. You remember in, in Nazareth where Jesus goes to his hometown and the Bible says he could there do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Amen? He couldn't do anything. And he marveled at their what? Their unbelief. They totally couldn't believe. Didn't have doubt. See, doubt's different than unbelief. Unbelief is unpersuadableness. It simply means that you flat are not believing. And you're seeing it in the word, but you're just not going to believe it. Doubt means you, well, I see it. I hope for it. I'm just not sure of it. Amen? But doubt will rob you if you let it. I mean, you've got to te- te- treat doubt and unbelief, man, like the, the crazy things that they are. If you're doubting the word of God, you've got to just slap yourself and say, oh, oh my gosh, can't believe I doubted that. And if the unbelief comes in, why can't I receive that? Why can't I believe that what God said about me is true? Amen? I mean, we see doubt and unbelief. Joshua and Caleb had enough faith to get into every, I mean, they had enough faith to whoop the whole thing. They could have took the whole children of Israel by their own selves. But they didn't get to go in because of the doubt of the other 10. Amen? The unpersuadableness, the unbelief of the other 10, it ruined the whole. And we see that. I mean, you know, one of the biggest things about doubt is, is if. It's a big word, if. You know, I did a whole series on if. You know, because the Bible talks about that. It talks about doing this. If you do this, you're going to get if. I did a whole, I mean, the Bible is full of it. You know, but if on the side of doubt, well, if, because remember, getting back to that that guy and and his son, he said to Jesus, if you can do anything. And Jesus turned around and said, if I can do anything, if you can believe anything. Because it's not a matter if God can do, it's a matter if we can believe. See, I mean, our faith in God is faith in the word of God. You find out the promises of what God's word says, it changes everything. Amen? It changes everything. You know, I mean, it, I, there's times in my life where I've had to just get up and say, you know what? I'm not a doubter. I'm a believer. I'm a believer and I do good. I'm a believer. That's what I do. I'm a believer. I'm a, I refuse to have doubt and unbelief in my life. I refuse for doubt and unbelief to rob me of God's blessings. I refuse this. Glory to God. I've got God has a genuine faith. 
You know, uh, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it, you know, he, he said this to Timothy. He said, the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and of unfeigned faith, which means no pretense. How do you know a lot of people try to fake it till they make it? Amen. And uh, God doesn't want any pretense. You know, God just wants your heart. And when you don't know what else to do, that's when you say, God, you know, you know my heart. You know I believe you. I trust you. I don't understand all things. I may not understand this. I may not understand, but I trust you. And so uh, your word says this. So I'm going to believe the word. I am going to believe this word no matter what. You've got to work with me. Because God wants us to have genuine faith, no pretense. He wants us to have a punch in the spirit. Amen. You know, many times we have a lot of great pretenders. But God doesn't want you to be a, uh, you know, he doesn't want you to be a pretender. He doesn't want you to be a contender. He wants you to be the champion. He wants you to know that what you have is yours. He wants you to know what belongs to you so that you can use it, you can have it, so that when you go to say, no, 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 this is mine. I have a right to this. I have a right to receive this. Because let me give you these things. I, I, I'm, I'm getting excited. I love faith, so I could preach on faith for months and months and months. But let me give you these six things that are hindrances to, these are six hindrances to fighting the good fight of faith. Because the biggest key, the biggest number one hindrance is, is we don't understand that we are children of God, that we don't understand the new birth. We don't understand what it means to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's amazing to me about we, we just don't understand how wonderful it is to be born again. Hallelujah. I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And verse 18 says, all things are of God. Listen, when you're born into the family, you're born into royalty. You're born into the kingdom of God. You become a child of God. Amen? You understand that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and because he drew you, because the Bible says nobody can come unless they get drawn. And so we know that, and we know that we know that we know that we're saved. We know that we're going to make heaven. Glory to God. I'm part of the family of God. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. I can run into the throne room of God. I can go into the throne room boldly to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I can run in anytime I want to. I don't have to even ask permission. I can run in. It's my house. I can run in and get in the refrigerator. Amen. I can run in and get in the cookie jar. I can go to the pantry, find things. Amen. I'm going to go find the room, whatever we need to get. I'm going to go find whatever's up there and bring it down. Hallelujah. Because I can set my affection on things. I've got a right for heaven. I've got a right for the word of God. Why? Because I'm born again. I'm part of the family. I'm part of the family. And nobody, nobody can stop you. And how do you know there is no tenure in the body of Christ? How many know there is no seniority in the body of Christ? God does things positional, does things, but there isn't that. There isn't that. All of the blessings are ours. See, the only thing with God, when God calls you to do something in the body of Christ, to serve the body of Christ, is there's more responsibility. Thank you all for your wonderful thing there. Hallelujah. But here's the second thing that we don't understand. We don't understand the new birth. We don't understand what it really means to be a child of God. Second, and I could preach on that for months. The second thing that we do is we have a lack of understanding of our place in him and his place in us. It's amazing how many people have a relationship with the Lord outside of themselves. Now, see, that went right over your head. Because... The greatest relationship that you're supposed to have with the Lord Jesus Christ is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. The greatest talks you ought to have is inside you. God can't get things through you until he gets things in you. Hallelujah. It's got to become, you got to receive it. You got to be the most happiest, the most joyful, the most full of faith on the inside of you before you could ever exercise it out here. You got to get it. Hallelujah. And when you know his place in you and you know your place in him, whoo. Come on. It's a place of submission. It's a place of power. Hallelujah. It's a place of authority. Glory to God. God's word in my mouth is the same as God's word in his mouth. Every promise that he ever gave, I can take hold of that promise because I have a right. 
I've been adopted into the family. And I'm not just an heir. I don't have a part. I'm a joint heir. How did I'm a joint I got the equal of what Jesus, whatever Jesus got, I got. So when we exercise faith, we don't exercise faith thinking, I got to have enough faith for this. I got to try to get this. Have I done enough? Am I good enough? Have I tried to? No, glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't care if we're the black sheep. I don't care if we haven't been around. Hallelujah. We're like the prodigal son. We spent everything. We did everything. We show up and the father runs to us. And wraps us around and says, woohoo, give that man a robe. Give him a ring. Let's kill the fat. Let's have a party. He can have everything we have. You say, well, that ain't right. That's because you're the older brother. <laughs> and you ain't been feasting on what God's given you. You haven't been feasting on what's already yours. The father says, everything I got's yours. Why haven't you killed him? You know where the closet is. You know where the robes are. You know where the jewelry box is. You know where the fatted calf is. It's all yours. Why haven't you been having fun? Same thing we talked about. Why didn't we go on vacations for all those years? Because we didn't think we deserved it. We didn't think we were supposed to have any fun. Come on now, don't shout me down. No, it's doing good. See, it's about faith. It's about believing. It's about taking on saying, here we go. And you know, we don't really exercise our faith until we get hit in the mouth. We don't think it's a fight until all of a sudden we're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Wow, what's going on? I better start getting, I better start doing something here. The enemies, but we ought to do it immediately when he tries to do this. Because we need to understand where we're seated. We need to understand our place in him and his place in us. Amen? Which brings us to number three. One of the real biggest reasons is we don't understand our righteousness. We're always trying to go around and make ourselves better in the sight of God all the time. And you can't. Because you're born into righteousness. You've been made righteous. The Bible says, he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Okay? So he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? We look at that and we go, wow. But here, you know, in, in Romans 5, 17, it says this, for if by one man's offense death reigned, talking about Adam, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift. You can't earn it. But what is righteousness? It's right standing with God. It means I'm right with God. Amen? I have the thought process, wait a minute, I'm God's favorite. Yeah, you know, if you have an uncle that loves you and he's your favorite nephew or niece, it's like, woohoo, this is cool, you know, because, you know, parents are not allowed to do that, so, but uncles and aunts can do those things, so, you, but you realize, hey, I know, I, he's my favorite uncle, he's going to do this for me, he's going to do that, amen? We're going to see that, we're going to have that. You know, I had a lot of uncles, a lot of things that were precious and stuff, but I had one uncle, he just was awesome, and every time he'd come see me, I knew what he was going to do. And, and, you know, I, I tell this story, I told the story before, but I tell the story to my wife, and she's like, what? It was terrible that he would call you that. Well, it wasn't terrible because two things. One, he'd always call me the pig boy. Two reasons. One, I could call hogs. You know how to call hogs? You know, you know how to say suey? You, you got to know how to call hogs. I live next door to a, a, a hog farm growing up. I could call hogs. I mean, I could get them all coming. I could do good. So I could call hogs. Second thing is that when I was growing up, I liked to eat and I liked Kentucky fried chicken. So he'd always buy me a 21 piece bucket of Kentucky fried chicken. I could eat by myself from about 10 years until however long. I still could probably eat a 21 piece bucket of chicken. But the key is, is so he'd buy one just for me. He'd buy every, he'd, he'd, I, he goes, I just love to see that boy eat. He can eat. I said, I like chicken. It's all good. You know, hallelujah. And I could, I always could do that. It's just one of my, you know, I just always could, could eat. So he'd always do that. And so me and him got along really good all the time. Loved him. Loved him. Loved him coming. I just knew when he came, woohoo, we're going to have a good time because I'm getting a 21 piece bucket of chicken just for me. You know, what we don't understand when you understand your righteousness is that you know that you can get everything that God has. And that everything that Jesus bought and paid for is yours. And that you understand, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. I didn't earn it. God gave it to me. It's a gift. It's mine. Amen. It's mine. 
And now did you notice that we're talking about the new birth? We are talking about our understanding of his place in us and our place in him. And then we're talking about righteousness. That's all about everything that's on the inside of you. Because I'm going to start talking about how you exercise things outside of you so you can see results. But you got to get everything settled in here because if you don't think you have authority, you're not going to take it. If you don't think you have a right, if you don't think that, well, I haven't done enough for God or I didn't do things, hey, listen, join the club. Everyone in this room hasn't done enough for God. Everyone in this room has missed it. Everyone in this room, we, we did not have the right attitude today or yesterday at some time or another. Guaranteed. You live in this world. We live in a fallen world. We have to be around people that are just not bright, okay? It's just life. We love them. We care. We pray for them. It's a prayer request. Every time somebody does something to offend you, they just turn the prayer request into you. So you find yourself praying all the time, okay? Everywhere you go, it is. You go to look, you know, you go to get things, the shelves, there's nothing there, or you go here and you're thinking, oh my gosh. So, I mean, it's, um, I mean, I had to get a, I had a, you know, well, I'm not even going to say that. That was, I had to walk out to the car to her. And I thought I did, I thought I handled this really well. Didn't I handle that really well? We waited and waited. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's, it's 12 o'clock. We, we shut down. They just pulled down the metal thing right in front of me. You got to come back in an hour. We're going to lunch. I said, I've been sitting here for 35, 40 minutes. You said you're supposed to make this. You know, I did. They said, oh, it's lunchtime. Of course, they're, you know, I didn't get near as mad as the 10 people behind me. They're like, we're in line. What are we doing? And it's like, nope, we're done. And I thought, this is cool. We're going to have to go figure out what to do for an hour to come back. And then we're not guaranteed it's going to be ready. So I was like, but I came out and told, we, we did good. We, 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 we didn't lose our joy. Amen. Here, we give you the, now let's go on the outside. Let's, now let's do the things that we can smack the devil. We can start busting the devil in the mouth. Here's the, here's the fourth thing is that we need to understand how to use the name of Jesus in a right way. We need to understand how our legal right to use the name of Jesus on what he says. You know, John 14, 13 and 14 says this. He said, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, how many of you know that if you've got a friend and you know his word's good, he says, listen, I'll meet you here. If you need it, I'll do it. And you know that if you called him, he'll do it. Well, don't you think Jesus is going to back up his word? I mean, glory to God. Amen. Jesus said, and isn't it amazing that in Mark chapter 16, it says, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they're going to do these things. They're going to, you know, cast out devils. We're going to speak with new tongues. We're going to, you know, take up certain serpents. And if we drink any deadly thing, it's not going to hurt. We're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. We see the word of the Lord. We see Jesus' name. I mean, God gave him a name that's above every name. That everything under heaven has to bow to the name of Jesus. And he turned around and he gave us that name. He gave us that name. I remember, you know, reading this back in the day, and I think I was reading it with Finney, or if I was reading it with Lake or somebody, but I was reading one of these guys, and he was teaching and preaching, and all of a sudden, the lawyer stopped him and said, wait, 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 sir, wait, sir, stop. So what you're telling me is that Jesus gave us the power of attorney. That means we have, it means, the power means I have a legal right to everything he has. He said, well, I don't, and he said, well, sir, I don't know what that means. He said, well, legally, you're telling me that he said, if we ask in his name, he's given us his name. So his name, it's like, if you turn around and give me a power of attorney, then I have access to everything you own. I have actually, I have the authority to buy, sell, do I have the authority to do anything I want to do with what you have? Because you gave me power of attorney. He said, well, if that's what it, he said, well, that's what you're telling me. He said, well, if that's what it is, that's a good thing because Jesus gave us his name. He gave us his name. Amen. We need to understand. Remember in, in, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 16, it says this. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him, talking about Jesus, has given him, this man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It was because of the name of Jesus. That's what Peter was telling him. Remember, it was the lame man where Peter was and John were going down for the hour of prayer. And Peter looks over and he sees the lame man that's been set, set at the gate beautiful for all these years. And he says, hey, 
Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He reaches down and grabs him, lifts him up, and, and strength comes to his feet and his ankle. And he goes into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. And then everybody comes out and they think that Peter and John are gods and they're going to do things. And Peter and John say, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what do you guys think by, by us or by some power? No, no, no. It was faith in the name of Jesus. It was faith in that name that's made this man perfect, giving him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It's faith in that name. See, we look at that because everybody uses that name in vain, you know, but that name is a powerful name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ, so powerful. And you use that name against the devil. The name is one of our outside weapons. We speak the name, we kick the name. And of course, we got the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. But when we speak the word of God, but we use that name. Because the fifth one is we have a lack of understanding how to act on the word of God, how to use our swords. You know, we need to get good at doing swords. Used to have a thing when I was in Sunday school, we would play a game called draw swords, which means you'd put your Bible down by your side and somebody would throw a scripture out there and then you had to find it. You see, it wasn't like this where you take it out of scripture and you do this and you have your Bible and you type in, okay, let's do this. We got it. I got it. You know, no, you had to find it in your own Bible. You had to go sit you had to figure out, oh, where's that at? You know? I mean, they throw out here Habakkuk, or they throw out Nahum, or Zephaniah, amen? And you're thinking, where is all that stuff, you know? And, you had, and the fastest one that got to it and read it got a prize. And as you know, competitive as I am, that was a blast, you know? I never lost, you know, just because I liked the prizes, because they usually was candy, so it was good stuff. You know, as you all know, I like to eat. It's all good stuff. It's really good. But we have this lack of understanding how to act on the word of God. Amen. The Bible tells us to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. So many people are just hearers of the word of God and not doers. And let me give you number six because it's almost close. And this is one of the big ones. We have a lack of understanding on how powerful our words are or our confession of faith. Because we've been so afraid that we're going to be tagged with, you know, the blab it and grab it or the, you know, all the different things. We're so afraid that we're going to be in the excess of things. And so we don't say, so we don't declare, so we don't speak out, and so we don't have. I mean, I am thoroughly convinced we are still living so far below what God wants us to have. We're not doing the things that God wants us to do. Because that goes back to Romans 10.8. What say that the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we speak. That means that if we say with our mouth, we believe with our heart, and if we say with our mouth. That's how you receive everything from God. But we don't understand how powerful our words are. Amen? And yet words are so powerful. We, we, we saw words close down the whole world. We've seen words destroy. We see people, you say something, go ahead and get on there and state your opinion on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Say something very derogative. Watch you get cut, shot down. Or say something about the elections or say something political so they can put a ding on you and try to shut you down. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, we get the big time because YouTube already, because if we announced for what Mr. Hicks did in August there about the, all the stuff and about the 2020 election, they said if we do that again, they're going to kick us off. <laughs> so we made the big time. I love that. That's awesome. So it's wonderful. Aren't you glad? And they ain't got anything better to do than to, to, to check things out, do things like that. Like, this is awesome. You know, we, you know, we were doing fine without you. We'll do fine not being there. And if you'd see this one, which if you're monitoring, praise God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You know, we, we're going to speak and say what we want to say. We're not going to stop. Hallelujah. I mean, glory to God. But we need to understand we've got to have a voice. Remember I said 2 Corinthians 4, 13. As, according as it is written, they believed and therefore they spoke. But the first part of that verse says, but we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. They believed, therefore they spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. You can't have a spirit of faith without speaking and believing. It's impossible. Remember I said everybody wants to have silent belief. Well, your believing takes care of the spiritual side of things, but your speaking is what takes care of the natural. 
Did you notice that it said if you believe in your heart, you believe unto righteousness, but it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. You can't get saved just believing in Jesus. If you never confess him as your Lord and Savior, you will never be born again. And if you don't confess the word of God out of your mouth, if you don't say, you're never going to receive the benefits of the word of God. You're never going to do it because that's what God said you had to do. God said you had to speak it. God said you had to believe it enough to say it. He said, don't cast away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Amen. We've got to declare the word of God. We've got people get mad and get upset. Who cares? We've got to declare the word of God because that's what we believe. Amen. I mean, people always want to stop you, and they want to stop your words. And now you have to have words. It's 8 o'clock, but let me share this with you. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But here's the little next part. But every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, everybody that speaks bad about you or speaks things starts to curse you or starts to say ugly things about you or starts to speak death over you or speak sickness or whatever they're going to do, you have to condemn them. You have the right to condemn them. See, it says, no weapon formed against us can prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment against us, we shall condemn, saith the Lord. And then he said this. He said, because their righteousness is of me, saith God. Amen? He's saying, I'll defend you. You stand up. You take authority over those words. It doesn't mean that those weapons can't be formed, those words, but you've got to take authority over it. Amen. Amen. You've got to take authority because if you allow words, words will hold you. They're containers. They'll hold you in bondage. So when you get ready to fight, how to live, first of all, know what you have. And you're going to have these things, but the hindrances is just knowing who you are, that you're coming from a place of victory. You're not coming from a place that I'm trying to get something. No, I'm telling the devil, he's got to take his hands off my body. He's got to take his hands off my finances. He's got to take his hands off my church, my kids, whatever it is. Whatever he's coming against me, whatever it is. Listen, here's what, we're going to do this. Because here's what the word of God says. I'm going to get scriptures and I'm going to come against them with the word and defeat them. Because how did Jesus defeat the devil? What did Jesus do? The devil came to him and said all these things. What did Jesus say? It is written. See, you overcome the devil by the word of God. You overcome your flesh by your own spirit. Hallelujah. And you overcome the world by your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And you bring the world to its knees because you believe that God's going to take care of you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you and love you. Thank you, Father. I've just shared my heart. Thank you for your, your, your preciousness, the spirit of God that's here. Lord, thank you for each and every one. Thank you, Father, for just causing faith to arise in their heart and let them fight the good fight of faith. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Well, we're going to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. Worship God with our giving. Hallelujah. And you know, this is an area, let me just share with you really quick too. Giving is one of the biggest areas where your faith needs to be involved. Because many people have, have, have tithed and given offerings their whole lives, but they don't have any faith in it. And they say, well, I don't, I've done that my whole life. I don't think I've really ever benefited. I said, it's because you never do it in faith. You don't do it with an expectancy that you're going to receive. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Hallelujah. With what measure you meet, with all of it be measured to you again. Amen. And men shall bring it unto you. God's going to use people. But see, the problem is, is that everybody gets so nervous about the giving and about sowing and reaping. They get all, all, they get all caught up in here. Well, why do they want my money? It has nothing to do about you. It has everything to do about you being blessed. You giving in faith. If you give a dollar in faith, you can be blessed. But if you give a thousand dollars not in faith, you just gave it away. See, we have no one. And so that's what people want. And see, so money has you instead of you having money. It doesn't work. You've got to believe. You've got to exercise faith. Amen? And, and listen, we can, all get, we can all fall back into this too. We can, where well, we just do it. I mean, I, I do things. I mean, I always, my tithe is an automatic, but you know, and I give offerings all the time. I endeavor to do things that I'm always increasing. And I was doing things just because I wanted to do things, not because I was doing it and believing it really it's okay Lord I'm going to exercise my faith in some things and so you can just do it to do it and I thought okay Lord why isn't things happening like they should happen he said because you just got into a rut you've got into a habit it's a habit I mean it's a habit for you to give 20% of your income away it's a habit so and you like that and so you're getting your reward because you like it I said Lord I don't like it that much 
I'd rather you bless it. I'd rather go back to 10 and you blessing it than me giving the 20. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so I, I, I had to do some correcting here recently and some things. I said, all right, Lord, forgive me. All I said, I'm going to give my faith. You got to give, you got to sow, you got to believe. Yes, I'm giving that. I'm a tither and a giver. God, Satan has to take his hands off. I should have increase. There should be even more and more and more blessings should be coming. I mean, I'm just believing for more and more so I can sow more so the kingdom of God can go out. Amen. I mean, there is such a need right now worldwide. We could, we could change nations right now. Literally, we could change nations right now. You know, it only takes $4,000 to start a church in, 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 in all of these countries of Europe. I mean, I've got a friend that we support monthly. It's a missionary. And, we, and it just takes $4,000. And then they start, they're going to start 16 churches this year. You know, that's, a, that's their average of what they do every year. And, and, and I've known them for 30 years. And so they continually. But that's, they go into a town that doesn't have a church. And God just, and they raise it up, get a building. Do it, and it only costs $4,000 to do that. Do you know how much it costs to raise a church up in America? Hallelujah, just to get started for one month. And this one here will last forever. You know, but here, if you don't have fifty to sixty to seventy thousand dollars, you're in trouble. Amen. And that and that you're not guaranteed for the next month. It's funny, huh? But around the world you can do all kinds of things, but there's this there's this heart. I mean I get I get calls, I get people telling me all the time what we can do. And the end, it's great. And so we want to do that. All right, listen, let's give. I want to do this right. I'm all excited, who knows? I gotta be careful. Gotta be careful here. Hallelujah. Always tell myself, don't get crazy. Hallelujah. Amen. There we go, it worked. Hallelujah. All right, let's let's pray. We the envelopes are right, let's pray over this offering. Father, we are coming tonight and we are giving in faith. We are believing, hallelujah, for increase in our lives, for the gospel to go forth, Father, but all for us so that we have all of our bills paid, hallelujah, we're out of debt, we can do the, so that we can go and do the things you want us to, but also we can sow and we can see the world coming, uh, uh, being born again, that the, the gospel can continue. So Lord, I just thank you. We're bringing good seed and we're planting it into good ground. Lord, we just honor you for it right now. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You said, give and it shall be given. And, and, and you said, good measure and pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give unto our bosom. With what measure we meet with all of it be measured again unto us. Father, thank you that we want to just dump load. We want to do truckloads so truckloads come back. Thank you, Father. We're going to start where we're at, but we honor you and love you. I just thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you for every person as each one purposes in their heart to give. So let them give. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hopefully all of you enjoyed uh, that. Hey, ladies, you have your ladies' uh, breakfast coming up here. $10 to do that. Miss Angelica will be in the back here. If you need to still purchase tickets, you still can. They're still wonderful things. Uh, Hollywood Cafe's doing your breakfast and, and everything there. It's going to be really cool. So, And you're going to make gingerbread houses. Me and my wonderful wife forgot to make our first ginger for my first gingerbread house. And uh, theirs looked a whole lot better than, than mine and my other grandson. <laughs> she was with one of my gran- our grandsons and I was with the other one. And uh, hers was better. Uh, you know, I don't think mine didn't. I don't think our mind stayed together, did it? Or did it? It didn't work. It kind of fell. Didn't use enough. You, you gotta use. Here's ladies. Let me just. You gotta use a lot of icing. Lots and lots of icing. Don't try to make it pretty. Just pile that stuff on there. Hallelujah. Get it to stick. Hallelujah. <laughs> right. That's what you did. You had it all on there. You did good. You know. Now she was artistic. That's. It's not fair when you have somebody who's artistic. This stuff, and then going against somebody who's see, I'm I'm the framer, and she's the finisher. She's the finished carpenter. I'm the framer carpenter. Framing you can get away with a lot of ugly. Finishing you can't. Right? You get you. It's kind of like being the people who hang the sheetrock, and the other people who go over it and texture it. You know, I'm the hanger. I am not. I'm the framer and the hanger. I am not the texture or the finished carpenter. Amen. Hey, let's all stand up. I love you. God loves you. Be blessed. Amen. We'll see you guys, all of you watching, we'll see you on Sunday.